just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Lawmakers made passing bills that impact transgender young people an early priority in this legislative session. On both sides of the debate around trans health care and gender identity, we've heard from a lot of adults. But I'm more interested in what the kids are thinking. So I asked one. It's Thursday, February 9th, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Oliver, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. It's great to have you. It's great to be here. Is it? Because that's kind of my first question for you. Like, first of all, it must be exhausting to be in high school. I've done it. It was tough. Yeah. And then having your identity debated by complete strangers. And then to have a media outlet call you and be like, will you come talk about yourself I feel like you probably have a lot of more fun or more important things to do. Why did you agree to come on this show? (laughs) Honestly, I feel like this is important to get my voice out there and to talk to people about very, very difficult issues. And even if there are more fun things that I could be doing or things that I might want to do more, I would personally rather spend my time getting to say my piece about these sorts of things. Well, before we get into it, Tell me and listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? I am Oliver Sharp. My mother is a politician who runs a homeless outreach program that I occasionally volunteer at. So I get Mm -hmm. a lot of firsthand experience with marginalized people and obvious firsthand experience being a marginalized person. And in my free time, I like to draw and I am a big fan of horror games and horror in general and I think that it's a fun medium for uh, self-expression a really underutilized way to talk about really important issues yes it does feel like horror is having a moment for that exact reason like things are so on fire yeah that horror feels like the only way to appropriately communicate how bad they are. A lot of times I feel like people see horror as like a, what if there was a thing, like a very Twilight Zone. But horror is dark and gritty inherently. And so you can get into those gritty things and you can talk about those things. And even still, it'll make sense. It'll thematically make sense. Yeah, completely. Well, let's get into one of those gritty sort of horrific topics we have a new law now in utah that bans gender affirming surgery and hormone therapy for minors so people under 18 another bill came through that requires parental consent if their student wants to use different pronouns or a different name on their school records. You are a 17-year-old trans person. How do these bills impact you? I 
am currently being homeschooled for fear of being in these places because even very progressive schools, sometimes it'd be like scary still. Even now, even being removed to a degree from these bills, it's still mm. so scary to think about the fact that like if I wanted to go to a public school, I would be in danger. Yeah. Well, and there's two kind of spheres where we have conversations about these things, right? Like there's the news media political sphere where you see this written in print and the conversation is dominated by usually a handful of people, right? Like you kind of see the same names and faces over and over again discussing these things. But then there's the real life sphere where we talk about these kinds of things with our friends and our family and like day to day. You having conversations about these bills with your friends and what are those like? A lot of my friends are people who live in different states. They bring up the conversations about the bills happening in their states. I just have this very vivid memory of mentioning it to a friend who is also trans and asking if it was all right for me to talk about what was going on. He said, I would love to talk about this with you. It is terrifying to think about. I don't think I could. I don't think that for my health that I could. It's very jarring to think about kind of conversations that other 17 year olds will have with their friends. We are in high school, the kind of conversations that other high schoolers are having are about, that I don't wanna be like shallow and be like, oh, it's about clothes, it's about boy drama, <laughs> but I would love to have- I mean, that's what I talk to most of my friends about yeah. and I'm 32. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have conversations about clothes and boy drama. I would love yeah. to have those sorts of conversations. And when I was in public school, I'd go to school and I would talk to my friends and we would be doing our work in class and I would overhear somebody talk about how they were genuinely terrified for their life because their parents weren't supportive. Well, specifically this healthcare bill, does that affect you day to day? I used to be on testosterone and for my health reasons, I had to go off. There are some things that run in my family that were worsened by going on testosterone that for my safety, I decided to wait a little bit, see if everything is all right without it. But um, I was considering going back on testosterone very recently because I missed when my voice was dropping and I missed the changes it was giving me. And that's not an option anymore. It was something I was genuinely considering for my health and my happiness and my future. I consider my body a man's body because I'm a man and I live in it, but it's something I wanted and it's something that some people do need. And it's so strange to think about how something that I not took for granted, but had, but was just so a part of my life before is entirely gone now for a full year of my life because people believe that I am not smart enough to make my own decisions. I wanna hear more about that because I am curious what your experience is like being the subject of a debate. It's very strange. I remember going in to watch some of these bills be discussed and just hearing the way they talked about me as if being trans made me somehow inherently 
different. They'd talk about trans women and they'd say things like, we need to look out for girls to protect them against predators and people who want unhealthy advantages against them. As if trans people are like a boogeyman under their bed, as if a trans girl in middle school who wants to play sports is now like something you see in the woods at night. She's not a predator. She wasn't anything like that. She was a trans girl wanting to play sports. And now it's totally flipped of the coin. I'm not a helpless child. I'm not completely incapable of thinking my own thoughts or deciding what I want in my own life. I am almost a legal adult. I understand the consequences this will have on my body. I understand all of these things, but it's so much easier to garner support when they say things like, we have to think of the damages that these kids could have with these permanent changes. And it's just, I can't be human. I can be a toddler or I can be a monster, but I can't be human. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Well, and as you brought up, like the people who have been enthusiastic about these bills argue that their argument is that they're trying to do what's best for trans kids, right? Senator Mike Kennedy, the sponsor of the ban on gender affirming health care, one of his quotes on the floor, which sounds like you witnessed in person, was, all of our intent is not to harm, but to help, 
What do you make of that? I think they believe it. I think some of them, maybe some of them don't. Maybe some of them are aware enough that they just dislike trans people, that their intent isn't to help. It is to eradicate the trans population until it is no longer on their radar. But I think that they do want to help. They just don't understand what exactly it is they are doing. They see permanent changes and they just can't, they can't wrap their mind around the fact that these kids want them. They don't want to be proven wrong. If they admit that what they need to do to help is to give these kids that medical care, that allowance of being who they want to be at school. If they admit that those things are what those kids needs for help, they also have to admit that throughout all of this, they have been um, actively fighting against what somebody needs to live. I feel like that's a lot of the difficulty in getting out of that mindset is that it is so difficult to accept you were wrong about anything. And it's even harder to accept that you were wrong about the way you were trying to dictate somebody's life. Right. That you were wrong and someone much, much younger than you was right. We're very obsessed with age as like the only marker of wisdom. Yeah. There's always the like wisdom does come with age. People are capable of change, but equating being trans to having an opinion, it, it's something very, very different than an opinion. It is an identity. Well, one of the things that I find absolutely terrifying and extremely mesmerizing about your generation is how politically active you all are. Yeah. Terrifying in a good way, to be clear. But whenever we talk to young people on this show, I'm always extremely nervous. <laughs> but I want to know how you've been sort of channeling around this issue. I have some sensory issues that make it very difficult for me to go out in public a lot. But I try very hard to go out to these protests. And even when I don't have the energy or the ability to go out to see those things, I like to keep up with what is happening. There was a sit-in at the Capitol outside of Governor Cox's office. Were you there? I was there until we were removed from the building. And there were a lot of people there. It was such a high stakes, tense place to be. And it was so disheartening to realize that Governor Cox's lights had been turned off and he had left out the back before the protest mm. had even really started. And we just weren't going to be listened to. But to look at those people who were there and know that they were there to support me and to support my friends and to support the kids that they never got to be. It's nice to see trans people being older. It's nice sometimes to just remember that I will be a trans man when I'm 23 and I'll be a trans man when I'm 45 and I'll be a trans man when I'm 50. And maybe that identity will change, but it doesn't have to, and it might not. And it's nice to go out there and to see those trans adults standing up for trans kids and knowing that they are trying to make a better future because they just didn't get that. They never got to be a little girl or a little boy. They, they had to be what they were assigned at birth. And they had to suffer through those jokes about women in dresses or girls with beards. And it's inspiring to see them out there talking and making those chants and trying to pave 
a future for those kids. And that's the kind of adult I want to be. It does feel like in the relationship between generations, there is often like people fall either on I suffered and so you should have to or I suffered and so you shouldn't have to. Like on so many issues, it feels like generationally we fall on either side of that line. I saw a story about a Utah kid who is trans and is moving to Portland because of these new laws. How are you thinking about your future here in Utah? For the first couple years of my life, I was raised in California. And there was always this thought in the back of my mind that once I was an adult, I wasn't going to live in Utah. But because the pollution here is bad, the the laws here are bad, the, the people here are mean. But the older I get, the more I'm like, I think I would like to stay while I'm an adult. Growing up in Utah, sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter if I get out there and I try to change these things. It feels like trying to stop a moving train from the side of the tracks. It, if I try and touch it, my arm will get ripped off. But I want a good metaphor. Yeah, I want to be somebody on the train. I want to be able to talk to that conductor. I want to see what starts and stops that train. It's not a unstoppable force. It is something that at some point was designed to be a democratic process, to be something that I could influence. And I would like to get the chance to see that and influence that. Well, you, I think, acknowledge this, that there are some people whose minds you might not change completely. But At the very least, what would you hope that they would understand? Even if they don't entirely, completely believe me, even if I don't change their minds, I just want them to think about me because there are so many times when I've disagreed with somebody, but I've thought about them a lot. And I've replayed what they said to me in my mind. And I've thought, well, that isn't quite true but I understand where they were coming from. I can wrap myself around and I can think, oh, I was wrong. Even if I can't be the one to make them go, oh, oh, I was wrong. I wanna be the one who who can make them think, well, they were right about this. And what does that mean, you know? Oliver Sharp, thank you so much for finding the time to chat with me. I really wanted to make the time in my day to be here. The thing about the legislative session is that we ride the highs and lows. Here are three good bills related to young people that are making their way through various committees. First, SB 103 would make it easier for high school students to wear items of cultural significance at their graduation. This has been a debate for years, most recently in the Jordan School District. I love this, and I can't wait to see more lays and kufiyas at next year's graduation ceremonies. The second bill, HB 163, says that students participating in an athletic activity have the right to wear religious clothing with their uniforms. In other words, yeah, you can wear your hijab to soccer practice. And finally, HB 228, which basically says that therapists who are talking to young people about gender identity have to be neutral, not affirmative. Now, some people were worried that this bill was an effort to backtrack on the state's conversion therapy ban, but experts say that no matter the intention in the end, 
Being neutral is good medical practice, so folks are feeling a lot better about it right now. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks, Oliver, for giving me your very first interview. I do have a feeling we will be hearing from you a lot in the future. And thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.